Can you count, suckers? I say the future is ours! If you can count. audio wrestling one more week down we're closing into the end of the year christmas time is upon us the new year is going to be happening before you know it and i'm interested to see uh what this dude has planned for the new year because you know ain't no party like a little brady wedding party because a little brady wedding party don't stop sup g doesn't stop my friend it does not stop it goes into the wee hours of the morning where my prostate's not working and 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 my back hurts (laughs) i'm getting too old to party i think this new year's i will be spending my time with my family really doing nothing drinking coffee warm coffee okay yeah smoking cigarettes because i smoke cigarettes but will you stay awake? That's the question. Probably not. It didn't last year. <laughs> I was yeah, asleep well, by eleven forty-five. What's the point? You know, yeah, I I can't do it anymore. I just I think I uh, I drank too much when I was a child. How about you? 
the greatest the greatest was when 99 went to 2000 and there were such high hopes expectations it was the end of an era the world was going to collapse computers were going to fail there was going to be chaos dogs and cats living together it was going to be mayhem and none of that happened so everything everything for the last 23 going on 24 years now has been a complete failure and a complete letdown so you know what go to bed wake up in the morning have a nice breakfast and get on with your life remember 12 years later on december 21st however thought that was going to be the end of the mayan calendar and we were <laughs> yeah. all going to blow up and then that didn't happen either no. and then there's been no. so many predictions in between all of those but those were the two big ones in my lifetime and e neither of them came true so i firmly believe the mayan calendar thing was just because they didn't have a bigger rock if they would have just had a bigger rock, it would have just gone on a little bit longer. Who knows? Wasn't, I think there was uh, somebody smarter than us is going to be listening to this and saying they have another calendar. That was just the end of that one, gentlemen. Oh, but, no. oh so how was your oh, week, Chris? Let's, like let's the get out of them. Like Moses's tablets. No, we're not going in that direction. We're going to go into the how was your week? It was crazy. You know what? My week was fantastic because I'm getting ready now this week. I'm one week closer to UFC 296. And that's one of the things that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit of wrestling news because yes, things are happening. Unprecedented actions taking place for the first time ever from the WWE. What might that be? Well, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, it is of course the end of the year. There's some questions that have been coming in from you guys, the listeners, the the uh, regulators, the law-abiding citizens. Um, the lawful I, listeners. The <laughs> I like that one. Criminals. Uh, yes. Supposedly, there has been so many suggestions. We're going to run one more week on this. Uh, we'll put up another post on S-Mini Radio. You guys can go to S-Mini Radio. That's Facebook.com slash S-Mini Radio. Put your suggestions of what you think you should call yourselves. The winner is going to win a T-shirt and a sweater of their choice of the new law hoodie and t-shirts uh their size their choice and um yeah we're, we're just gonna gift that away but whoever comes up with the, with the best name for the listeners there's so many suggestions so far i love them all uh but yeah the regulators they're going back to it where it's they, some of these emails and some of the feedback that has come in from our unlawful regulator criminals <laughs> it's gonna be all of them <laughs> yeah our top g's right yes Throwback. exactly uh and then we're going to get to it at the end of this, all of this, we're going to sit down and we're going to listen to a conversation that I had with a man, a Canadian legend, a classic El Tornado, a man who's been down to, who's seen the inside of the WWE training facilities, who runs his own company now called Rock Solid Wrestling and is probably one of the smartest minds in professional wrestling and we have a conversation with him so these are the things that you and i are going to talk about this week but mm -hmm. of course you know that we have to let these let these people speak and i'm talking about our sponsors so let's take a quick break when we come back uh, we'll get right into it with the happenings that were combat sports this past weekend and more importantly what to look forward to before the end of the year and I'm super dope and excited about that. Uh, and then we will uh, we'll be right back. What do you think? I think that's great. You're listening to The Law, live audio wrestling.
Podstars offers aspiring podcast superstars the chance to interview and interact with everyone on our site. We offer the opportunity for podcasters to interview celebrities and also hardworking, educated, and successful professionals from various industries around the globe. Having better guests is the key to a successful podcast. This straightforward approach can lead to exponential growth in your podcast downloads with just one impactful interview. As your downloads increase, so do your opportunities for revenue. At Podstars, we aim to simplify and enhance the podcast interview process, making it an enjoyable experience for all parties involved. So visit podstars.net for all your interview needs. are back yes we are where did you think we were going to go we weren't going anywhere i mean it was literally just a quick break for our sponsors to say what they need to say and then we come back and we get into it and now we're going to get right into it this past weekend in boxing you got to see Devin haney look really really good uh, i think that this is a fight that um that i think that you can set up with him and probably a guy that we saw, you know, Ryan Garcia last weekend. That would be a hell of a contest coming up. It gives something for Ryan Garcia to look forward to. So let's see what that happens. Anything that stops Garcia from fighting Jake Paul, I'm good uh, with. Yeah, absolutely. We got to see some UFC fight night happen. Yes, yeah, Song. Song Yadong goes to a unanimous decision, right? Um... And, and the fight before that, you got to see Khalil Roundtree and Anthony Lionheart-Smith. That was a fantastic fight. Anthony Smith is still such a stud to step in on such short notice for this thing and perform the way that he did. He went right after this guy, whereas everybody, I mean, I was scared of Khalil Roundtree looking at him through my TV screen. Everybody's scared of Khalil. And just the, his his mannerisms on the way there and what he's doing, you can see he's got so much pent-up uh, um, energy that he just wants to unleash. And he's, and, he's, and he's trying to channel all of this into this gigantic fireball. And it's it's amazing to watch him perform right now and perform he did. And he ended up knocking out Anthony Smith, not once, but twice because Anthony Smith was knocked out that first time yeah. uh, in the, in the first round, I believe might've been the first round, second round, whatever. Didn't matter. What because... scared me was when Khalil actually did get the knockout in the third round, when he lifted his hand up for that hammer fist, basically and he just saying, stopped. Basically he... looking at the ref, like you have a choice to make right now. I you will kill this, man. this man's life. Yeah. Or Yeah scary stuff and i think we now have a contender because he called out alex Listen, he called out the champion do i think that do i think that that's a hell of a fight to watch absolutely i do do i think that uh i think that khalil roundtree has the power to take out alex perea yep i also think that alex perea has a lot slicker boxing but here's the thing that you cannot khalil roundtree is so damn fast and throws everything 
like he he does these soft little paw setups and then just extreme power on that third or fourth shot that he's throwing out there and you don't know how to take it there's no way you can take no he he gets through the guard his level changes are great they're they're subtle but they're great he he's one of those guys he's a power puncher through the guard a lot of the time there's no blocking technique for a guy like that. There's no, let's take it on the chin and try and have a dog fight. You got to get out of the way of those bombs being thrown at you and try and figure out a way around this guy's power. Yeah. And that's exactly what Anthony did until he couldn't anymore. Yeah. Now, was this a gas tank issue because he took this fight on short notice? Or do you think this is a gas tank issue because of performance? He just went out there too hard or was this just Anthony Smith's, Typical Anthony Smith career, and I don't mean that in a dis- like a disrespectful way. I mean, like, he just seems to always get himself to that point where he's performing well, and then something just happens odd, and Anthony's asleep, or Anthony's, you know, losing a decision, or he's being he's being tapped. Or I think at this level, though, at this level, everybody is so good. And you got a guy like Khalil Rountree who has so much power. This is absolutely nothing against Anthony Smith. I think that Anthony Smith went out there and fought exactly the way that Anthony Smith should have fought. Um, I just think that he ended up catching being right in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, if you've been on social media uh, in the past 24 hours or 48 hours now, uh, by the time that this goes out, You've definitely seen the highlight because I have seen it pretty much everywhere all over my social media of Anthony Smith falling backwards. People are saying it's a Super Mario knockout. It's a Johnny Walker. I think that's kind of mean. I think it's just your legs do funny things when the buttons get hit. Yeah. For all of those people talking shit out there, go ahead. Let Khalil Roundtree punch you in the face. (laughs) That's not going to work out for you too well. Go ahead. See if you can take it. See if that doesn't happen to you. Yeah. I, I love the the attitude of of people on the internet that have well, never ever been punched in the mouth. Don't get too mad at the people at the internet yet. We'll save that for the segment when we get into our feedback section because oh. I think there's a couple things you may uh, <laughs> you may want to discuss okay. with some of the internet listeners. Um, All right. So moving on from UFC Fight Night, yeah. let's go to next week. Let's preview next week UFC two ninety. Me and you, look at it. people can't see our faces, but ear to ear, shit eating grins. Mm. This mm. is a full card of like just this is a monstrosity of chaos, and I am so happy. This so is, happy. This is a great way to take out uh, the end of the year, basically. Yeah, you've got. I mean, starting off even before with the prelims are unbelievable prelims. You've got headlining prelims, Josh Emmett taking on Bryce Mitchell, stepping in short notice. That's a hell of a fight right there in itself. Cody Garbrandt is fighting Brian Kelleher on the prelims. Okay. What is happening on the prelims here? Dustin Jacoby is fighting Alonzo Menefield on the early prelims. Let's go Alonzo. Randy Brown is starting off this entire card. That tells you right there the level of insanity that they're putting out for two uh, 296 here. So your free fights are going to be amazing. And if that doesn't stoke you and get you ready to spend some money with ESPN Plus, um, I don't know what does because that is a great lineup of prelims. Now let's get into the main card. Yeah, Chris, what are we off- opening up with? 
Vicente Luque and Ian Gary. Ian Gary, who's all over the news right now with his, you know, with his online battles with Sean Strickland talking about his wife <laughs> and calling him a cuck and all of this is this crazy Sean Strickland actions. Is this just Sean being Sean or is this Sean doing the Dylan Dennis move? Like, I think it's just Sean being Sean, in my oh, personal opinion. It has nothing thing. to do with Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul. Sean, Sean Strickland is never can never be accused of being some. Is he doing the Dylan Dennis thing? Is he doing the Colby Covington thing? Is he? No, I think they're all trying to do the Sean Strickland <laughs> thing. But Sean Strickland is just like this is him. He is living his most real life. He knows exactly what he's saying. He knows that it pushes buttons. He knows that uh, he's going to get a reaction out of this. And he knows what to say and what not to say. Right. But he also understands what social media does and how popular it can make you and how inflammatory your statements can get taken. He is. I think there's a lot of people that think he is a good old boy. He's a gun toting good old boy. Then there's a lot of other people that are just like, Sean, I get it. But calm down, dude. <laughs> it's like you're a champion now. Um, sometimes, you know, you're if you had a mom that she should have told you, and I don't know if he did or not in his life, but she should have said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And we're going to use that towards our next segment as well, too, when we're talking about the people doing feedback. (laughs) Keep that in mind. We're going into into, uh, election years. Sean Strickland is going to fire up a base. There's no doubt about it. Oh, my. Yeah, I get (laughs) it. Yeah, yes. Okay, so. Speaking of firing up bases. Here we go. Tony Ferguson. Here we go. Against Patty Pimblett. Dude. (laughs) Scouser, and and Tony Ferguson, Tony Ferguson out there, you know, doing the David Goggins uh, routine. Listen, at the end of the day, I honestly don't think that this is going to help him out at all. I think that this is a little gimmick thing that he's done. I think that it, it's 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 crazy. Um, could I ever do it? No, not even a chance. Um, but. Do I think that this is going to help Tony Ferguson at all? People might say, oh, it's going to help his cardio and his focus. And none of those things, none of those things were ever an issue with Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson's issue is getting punched in the mouth. Okay. And, yeah, and head it's just come, there, there comes a time when you just have to realize that, uh, listen, you need to maybe step away from what you're doing now and do something else. I think with Tony, it's, and you just said it, it's an age thing. I think he just doesn't have the reaction timing that he used to have. And his head movement isn't as he was always a guy that liked to take punishment, but it caught up with him. Now that being said, Patty Pimblett, this is a go one way, go another way fight for him because Tony Ferguson is a hell of a name to have on your resume of guys that you've beat. But Patty Pimblett is beatable. Tony Ferguson still has pop. He still has power in those hands. And Patty Pimblett has been known to been punched in the face a few times. Yes. If this goes down to the ground, Tony Ferguson has some crazy jujitsu stuff. Youth, athleticism, all of this should go to the side of the baddie. But, I mean, I'm excited to see how this goes. And... Wow. I, I got a prediction for you. I don't like usually 
predicting fights. Com- sure. Especially one week out. I think Tony Ferguson shocks the world. I think that that would be fantastic because after seven losses, he needs to do something. I think he shocks I mean, the world. Does he take eight losses and Dana finally has to, you know, put him out to pasture? Let's hope not. Right. You're going to see him in BKFC soon. <laughs> now, I don't want to see that with Tony. I'd rather just see him retire on a win and call it a day. Speaking of stand up craziness, let's go. Shavkat Rachmanov. Can we? I mean, second scariest man in the UFC. 17 and 0. He's the second scariest man in the UFC outside of Alex Pereira. 17 and 0. And I think that, like, probably his. Uh, he's he's wow yeah right jeff neal neil magny uh chris harris and now finally he's stepping up against stephen wonderboy thompson i don't like this fight for stephen thompson but i love this fight for stephen thompson i don't like this fight for either guy i don't think this is because shavkat's been one of those guys who hasn't had the best blocking his head movement needed some work he keeps his chin up a bit he takes a few shots and steven wonderboy thompson is not a guy that you want to have that lands any shots on you anything doesn't matter if it's a jab anything especially kicks at distance anything that's why i say i don't like this fight for steven thompson because if he gets into a fire fight he's gonna get beat up badly yeah but i love this fight for steven thompson because his footwork and his distance fighting and his ability to fight from the outside are going to really be able to be utilized in this fight. So as a, as a fight fan, we call this the anxiety fight of the night where you start getting anxiety when they start entering the octagon, because you, your heart as a fight fan and understanding the sport, you know, that this is, if this goes in one direction, it's the other guy's game. Oh, and I'm sure that they all get it. I'm sure that all the people that are listening right now, I'm sure you 100%. all get it, that, that this is exactly what happens and you start finding yourself, you're standing instead of sitting, you're, you're getting nervous, you, you know, you feel that twitch and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, and you start pacing. I'm getting it right now. And people start looking at you like you're some kind of a weirdo. Yeah. So this is that fight that's going to happen in this main card. There's no doubt about it. Now, then we've got, then we've got Alejandre Pantoja flyweight title fight taking on Brandon Royville for a second time. Now we know what, you know, happened in the first, uh, the first time that they, that they fought Pantoja ends up winning by submission in the second round. Yeah. Pantoja is a monster. He is an absolute beast. This fight, listen, flyweight fights don't tend to, um, it's hard to call these fights. Because everybody's moving so fast. Yeah, there's no the pace that here. these guys keep up is unbelievable. So, and and this is the fight. If you listen to it, if you listen to where we've gone on this, this is the fight that's kind of like the I don't know the sleeper fight of this card. To be, you know what I mean? Popcorn fight, yeah. And 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 it's a title fight. That's crazy to say that a title fight is not getting the kind of recognition. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact of what the main event. For this card, oh, UFC 296. <laughs> Holy sheep. Yeah. 
That's a big one. Leon Edwards taking on the uh, the mouth of the South, so to speak, <laughs> the mouth of the North, South, East, and West, Colby Covington, the All-American hero, or whatever it is that he's calling himself now, uh, has a chance, finally. I don't know. I don't understand why he has a title shot other than, I don't know, It's it, it, he's he has a very good ability to sell with his mouth. Well, I know our friends over at MMA Junkie and Mac Life, et cetera, et cetera, are going to have a hell of a time this week covering the press conference because not only is Leon Edwards standing on the other side of Colby Covington, Colby's going to have a live mic, and you have a whole bunch of people on that dais that Colby does not get along with. So it's going to be a, a trash-talking lead-up, and I guarantee that that trash-talking is going to continue until Colby gets into the actual octagon. Now. Is he deserving of this fight, you think? No. Well, I'm not. Yes. Yes and no. Is he? Is he? And here's and here's why I asked this to you, because in my opinion, everybody, in my opinion, the only person deserving of this fight right now is a guy that it would be a really shitty time trying to sell the fight. And that person is Bilal Muhammad. Bilal mm-hmm. Muhammad is the only guy in the last, oh, I don't know, since 2016 to not lose to Leon Edwards. Nobody and likes Bilal. They don't like him though. He's not a pay-per-view draw and this is why he's not so, on the okay, card. Okay, then let's let's do some MMA math. Let's do let's it. Let's do some MMA math. Let's go. Okay. Colby Covington's last fight was against who? Jorge Masvidal. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah, you're right. Big fucking deal. <laughs> okay? Like let let's let's call it what it is. That was listen. But his fight before that was for a championship against who? Kamaru Usman. Usman, yeah. Okay. And then the in between in between his uh, a fight another fight with Kamaru Usman, mm-hmm. he had to go and get a win, and that win was against Tyron Woodley. Yes. Right. So let's talk about those bookend fights with Kamaru Usman, where Kamaru Usman beat the snot out of him for five rounds. Okay. What happened in those fights with Leon Edwards? What happened in the first fight with Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman? It was like it was a wrestle fest. Kamaru Usman was beating the dog snot out yeah. of Leon Edwards. And then Leon Edwards, boom, one shot, head kick, dead. New champ. And everybody thought that it was a fluke. It wasn't a fluke. I was going to say, Everybody why does everyone thought think it that was, was a fluke? fluke? It wasn't. Right? That's how Leon fights. And so what does Leon do? He comes back out and return match. Instant return match with Kamaru Usman. Shows him some wrestling. Schools him with a majority decision for five rounds and says, no, we're not doing this as a fluke. I'm going to take you to school this time. So the math dictates that Colby Covington does not deserve this fight because he's lost twice to a guy that Leon Edwards has beaten twice. What is this is more of a styles make fights though, kind of. And that's where MMA math, I don't really know if it adds up all the time. So you have you have a draw, you have a card draw, and then you have another guy who style then you get the styles make fights thing. So I think that's why we're seeing this over Bilal. What do you mean? Because Colby Covington's a wrestler, right? Yeah. 
What's below? And everything? <laughs> An asshole? I, I mean, listen, we can call it what it is. What it is is Colby Covington's ability to, to yap, to talk, to say the things, the inflammatory things that's going to get people fired up to buy a pay-per-view. Bilal Muhammad against Leon Edwards doesn't move that needle unless you're a fan of the fight and not of the fight game. This is what I think is happening is you get more people that are fans of the fight game. This is the new crossover. This is where you're going to see, you know, a lot of uh, a lot more people are going to start having to take into consideration their promo skills, their ability to sell a fight. And I think that with this new merger, this TKO thing, that's going to be rewarded a lot more, even more so than it has been in the past going to be rewarded to guys that know how to talk and know how to sell a fight well get your ufc fight pass get your espn plus for subscription going i was going to say prescription because it's like basically a prescription because oh the you're going to need now. it it's a drug it's a drug um get those uh those pay-per-view orders in now don't wait just to watch the prelims and you know do it last minute because you're gonna do it anyway you might as well do it now but uh get your ufc uh yeah. your ufc orders in and chris i was gonna talk a little cm punk this week but i think we've taken up too much time i think we're gonna throw it to a sponsor when we get yeah. back we'll do some feedback and if there's some time after that i'll we'll talk a little cm punk if not i guarantee he'll be around next week I mean, he's not going anywhere. No, he's not. He's here to stay now. But we are. We're going to take a quick break. This is The Law Live Audio Wrestling. We'll be right back after this. Hello, special friends. You can catch Greg and Brad, your smack daddies, each weekend on the SNME radio network. We cover our lives, what's happening on the East Coast, and eventually cover SmackDown. Check us out each week at SundayNightsMainEvent.com. Please subscribe to get your Smack Daddies and the rest of the SNME Radio Network content directly to your podcatcher for less than a dollar a week. We the ones! And we are back on the law, live audio wrestling. And I am here with Chris Tidwell, as usual. And we are taking a look at the emails and the feedback that has come in, not only from places like Reddit, but it's coming from like Facebook. Oh. Yeah, I know. There's some Reddit stuff. Uh, there's Facebook. There's emails uh, to uh, the law. The, the, what's the law email? TheLaw.LiveAudioWrestling at gmail.com. That's the one. Okay, so we can get through some of this. Uh, I, I've given you the list. There's okay. some, some questions that came in um, that I haven't sent you that I'm going to surprise you with at the end of, of the comments here. Um, there's a few questions inside of these comments, so we'll just go as we go. Now, I didn't really... I filtered out anything that came in as like a double... So if something came in and it seemed like it was going to be the exact same comment as the previous, I eliminated. Right. I, I took the one with the best English or the best. You filtered these things down. To an extent. Um, okay. Some stuff wasn't relevant. But, so I didn't. And any of the lawsuits that we've been facing or any of the. the yeah, stuff we can't talk about. We're not allowed to talk about. So yeah. I'm not going to bring any of those up. But that cool. 
So I, I have filtered it, yes. But I could have filtered it more. I wanted everything. I wanted it to be raw. Is this your is this your message to me? Yes. That, I don't uh, want you to I get mad. To, that I need to be filtered? <laughs> no, I'm just, I don't want you to freak all right. out. Well, all right. Fuck it. Let's okay. go. All right. Bring it. So, Come on. Let's go. Jake, hey, Jake, Jake, uh, uh, all right. All right. So Jake G writes, I'm going to protect people's last names here. Okay. So Jake okay. G writes, good to see the laws back. Love the interviews. So that was nice. Oh, thank you, Jake G. Yeah. Okay. Benno, who I know who this is. Uh, my brothers are doing it big. Awesome stuff here. That's okay. a nice one. All right. Okay. All right. I feel like this is setting up. Okay. Jimmy C63. This show sucks. We're the original law hosts. I okay. knew this was coming. I mean, you can't have both. You can't have both, right? Because, what? I mean, if this show sucks and you're asking for the original hosts, well, that's what you got. One half of the original hosts. Yeah, technically, they did get the original host. You are the OG host. Now, if you're at what were the original hosts to you, I might ask. Because oh. we're the original. Who is, who is this again? This is Jimmy C. Okay, Jimmy C. Let's see if you can see this. When you started listening, who were the hosts? Was the host Donnie and Jeff Merrick? Was the host myself and Donnie? Was the host uh, Dan Lavransky and Jeff Merrick and Jason Agnew? Was the host Dan Lavransky and Jason Agnew uh, and John Pollock? Was the host Don Pollock, uh, uh, John Pollock and uh, Way? Was the host like which incantation? Of hosts are we talking about here okay there's a follow-up questions uh there's some follow-up questions for you jimmy so feel free to you uh yeah this bag there when you hear this let's uh, have this conversation let's go next one is alex alex uh this is my monday morning drive to work i'm learning stuff about chris i never knew big fan that's nice well thank you alex i'm glad that i could provide you with uh, something better than monday morning drive radio yeah, that's kind of a is that a slap to the face? It's like a backhanded slap. A left kind handed of a, compliment? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's like, hey, you don't have wacky zoo sounds. This is the problem with text. There's no context <laughs> for text. Right? <laughs> okay. Uh next one. Oh my goodness. Okay. Easy writes having the name of the show back that brings such nostalgia while having actually be full of a lot of stutters and stammers and pauses and not nearly as polished as a radio show should have been. What's your He's point? not lying. What's your point? This isn't a radio show. I, I, it's, it's stop, stop writing with so many stutters and stammers. Uh, I don't know of any time that I've ever stuttered. No, it's happened a few times. Stammered, maybe. Yeah, our editors they go pretty quick here. But you know what? I appreciate I'm having a conversation. We'll we'll try and fix our stutterings and. St our stutterings please, and stammers. Please send me. Please send me a tortoise. Who was that? What? Uh, that was easy. Okay, I'm not gonna e say his last name. Okay, easy. Uh, well, I know it wasn't easy. E. We broke that <laughs> down. There was a lot more there. It just it wasn't as rel. It wasn't really relevant. This is okay. this was the this was. Send the, me a total. I want to know the total. potatoes of it. I want to know right. the total. Next is Mike W. Chris and Brady eat wieners. That's just. I've eaten a couple wieners in my life. I mean, that's what's wrong with that. Yeah, hey, hot dogs. 
You've been to a ball game? Yeah, yeah, Frankfurters. I mean, everybody knows when you go to a ball game, you got to get a wiener. You can't get a wiener before the ball game. Um, Mark writes, amazing interview with Crazy Steve, one of the most underrated wrestlers in Impact Wrestling. That's actually, that's true. I agree. I yeah, agree 100%. Uh -huh. And Steve, uh, he's definitely a guy you got to be on the lookout for because he doesn't know where he's going. Okay. Next is, uh, is it Jockey? Jockey M. The Law. Do you even own the name? I assume you worked for them before. How did this come about? What episode, the? episode one? <laughs> Why is that any of anyone's business? What is going? Yes. To answer your okay, what was the first question? Okay. Uh, it said the law question mark. Yes, so that's that's the first question technically. Yes, the law question mark. Yep. Yes. Okay. Do you even own this name question mark? Yes. Yes. I assumed you worked for them before question mark. Yes. How did this come about question mark? Yes. Listen to the first episode. We talk about it's episode one with RJ City, uh, myself, and Chris. Yeah. Yes, you can listen to that, and we discuss and here's the quick synopsis. Way back in the day, started with a show. Myself, Donnie Abreu, couldn't use the name that we had, so renamed it. That name was The Law. Then went on to do other things. Show maintained. New host stepped in. Those hosts are gone. Now I'm back. Here I am. Thank you. That was, that was a pretty good synopsis of what's going on here. Okay, so Kelsey Welsey is I don't know if that's a first name. There was a last name there too, but I took it out. So Kelsey Welsey, wow, when an interview Conrad Thompson is great to listen to. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's true. Um, Maddie writes, who comes up with the music choices for the show? Use Final Countdown for AEW talks going forward. <laughs> <laughs> what is that supposed to mean <laughs> is it a downward ship or is it because you know it's on its launch to the moon wasn't that daniel bryan's it's daniel bryan's yeah they, yeah okay i don't know Maybe if that's a reference to daniel back. bryan uh eric b writes come check out the raw dogs on SME radio every tuesday with your host randy c and eric b draw straws raw that is not feedback that is a commercial asshole wow that is a live read that you now owe me money eric eric b be that's actually eric blundon from wow. SME radio i assume it says eric b he couldn't even come up with a fake name no i don't think so well, then he drops it in the thing. That's it's like, this is from Eric B. Come check name. out the Raw Dogs on SME Radio every Tuesday with your hosts, Randy C. and Eric B. Draw, hey. Draws Raw. Hey, you know what? You know what? I appreciate his ability to be like, you know what? F these guys. I'm just going to say it. Go check it out. Go right. check it out for that yeah. reason alone. Steven writes, this show is lovely. Great addition to my weekly commutes. Needs more cowbell. Well, I mean... Any cowbell old. would be more. That's an old joke. Steve, I appreciate you. Oh, from another Steve. Oh, this one's important, actually. It seems Steve. I miss Jason Agnew and his version of the show. I grew up listening to the law every week and never missed one ever. I'm glad it's back with the original owner, but I do miss the old days with Jason and crew. I tip my cap to the new hosts, and I'm excited to become a weekly listener again. But any chance Jason would come on the show? Uh, Jason you know Agnew on this. We should get Jason on the show. See if he would come on and do an interview. I'd love uh, to hear you sit down with Jason. Well, let me pull the curtain back just a little bit for you there. Brady. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Zero talks have ever been had. 
with myself and Jason about coming back on this show. Okay. So that means that I'm not opposed to it. Uh, it just has not happened. I know Jason is a busy, 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 busy human being. I mean, you see him everywhere, all over the place, doing all kinds of stuff. So, you know, uh, would I be opposed? Would I be opposed to having Jason on here? Absolutely not. Executive producers. I would, I would love to have him on. Let's do this. Let's try and get Jason on the show. Listeners, uh, reach out to Jason. Tell him you want him on the show then. Yes. Uh, okay. So, and the last one is from Amber. Uh, keep these coming. Love the show. I just had to finish with something positive. What was uh, she talking about? I don't know. Oh, it just was just a rant. It was sent to the email. It just says, Amber, keep these coming. Love the show. It might have, it could have possibly been something that her voice to text picked up while she was sitting at a drive thru. Okay. Anyway, so there's some questions for you that have been sent in. Uh, this one came in from Reddit. You said in the Blue Meanie episode, you wrestled New Jack numerous times. Any good New Jack stories? Uh, yes. Can you share some of them, please? <laughs> At least one for the listeners that they haven't heard before, maybe? Maybe you got something that somebody's never heard in an interview before about Jack that you can actually say on the show without getting in There's, trouble? You know what? There's not many that we can talk about without getting any into any trouble or any kind of disparaged you know yeah i don't want to talk garbage about the guy no or or, or have or have anything taken misconstrued as anything worse than it absolutely was well i got a I, i've got a question you took a lot sure. of you were his bed on a lot of his dives mm -hmm. how how stiff were those dives did oh, he just go it, straight it, out he just straight out went? no 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 no, no. Yeah, I mean, piece of cake. Okay. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Jack is I can remember we we worked a show where there was going to be no table dives. There was going to be no jumps or anything like that. There was going to be nothing. He got to the venue and was like, "I ain't doing no jumps today, man." I worked and, that show, and it was it was one of those. Yeah, okay, no problem, absolutely no problem. So we're working the tag match against one another, and I look at him and I'm ribbing him the whole time in the match, like. You're going to do it. You're going to die. I ain't doing it. And we keep going back and forth. And the only place that there was a table inside of this venue was up in this like crow's nest where the announcers and the, and the people doing commentating were sitting. Those people doing commentating happened to be Donnie Abreu and Danny O. Mm -hmm. We're doing the commentating sitting up there. Okay. Rapper so Jack, Danny o. So Jack finally decides that he's going to climb up into these rafters where these guys are sitting and slides all of the equipment off onto the floor. Thus the reason that there is no audio or footage of this thing left anywhere anymore. Okay. <laughs> Grabs the table, slides it down to the floor. Ding, ding, ding. We keep going at it. Sets me up on the table like, brother, I guess you talked me into it, he says. <laughs> I was like, of course. <laughs> Goes back up, climbs up, jumps off of this thing through me. Boom. Great. No problem. Here's the thing with Jack that I always appreciate. Is that if you got along with him and respected him, you were fine. Mm -hmm. If you disrespected him or the business, then you had some splaining to do. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of people that had a lot of splaining over the years. Right. But there's a difference. There's a difference. This is why I think Jack and I maybe got along as well as we did, because we both have the same kind of mindset when it comes to the business and respecting the business. If you come in acting like a jackass, yeah, I'm going to do everything in my power to get a match with you so that I can stop that from happening and just put you out of the business. That's just the nature of it. I don't want you in this. I don't want you showing up as a 14 year old kid and I walk into a venue and your daddy who's put money into the, into the promotion because he's a Mark decides to let you get into the fucking ring and be a Mark too. I don't need none of that. So I'm going to say something about it. Right. And that was the thing that was always that Jack and I would always have conversations about. and, and, And we agreed on a lot of the stuff. It was like, why, why are these people, why do they push our buttons so much? You know what I mean? Jack's a good dude, man. He handed Absolutely. me his plane ticket when he left. Yeah. I was like, I think you're going to need that. He's like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay. I still have it. It's hilarious. Um, okay. So how many times have you been lit on fire during hardcore matches? Follow-up question. Are they on YouTube? Yes, they are on YouTube. Apparently uh, you can probably find them if you look up bloody bill scullion i think he's the one that's got him out there okay um that's a name i've heard in a while yeah Mm. and uh, as far as being actually set on fire one that i think maybe twice okay um but as far as like doing the spot goes many many times where you're in the corner and you get the lighter fluid and you put it all over the table and then you squirt it on your opponent. And sometimes that was me. And let me tell you lighter fluid, much like with gasoline, it burns, it stings, it burns. And you've only got a matter of time before you got to finish this stuff up because you got to go have a shower afterwards. Yeah. Well, and that hurts worse than the actual fire itself. Most of the time is the actual liquid being put on because you just work the match. Your, your pores are open. So it's just, you're just sucking in fluid. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, when did you retire and why? Uh, I retired of uh, December. I think it was December 2022. Uh, why was because uh, my back, I have uh, spurs in every single one of my uh, vertebrae except for two in my back. And I have spurs in my neck, uh, in two of my vertebrae in my neck. I've broken my neck in the past. Uh, I'm over 50 years old, and if I were to go out there and actually take one too many bumps, there's a chance that I could end up breaking my back and doing a lot more damage to it. I'm not in any kind of situation where I feel like I need to put myself into that situation because I'm not making seven figures a year doing it. I want to be able to enjoy things in life before you can't enjoy things in life. And it just seems like a smart level headed thing to do and leave that door open to young people that deserve the opportunity to show what they have before it's too late for them. Well, this kind of leads into the next question. What made you decide to bring back the law? Mm -hmm. What made me decide to bring this back was, well, we had conversations and, and I wasn't, I wasn't let, okay, let's pull it back. Yeah, let me pull yeah, the curtain be, back. Yeah, be honest. I wasn't, I wasn't 100% sold on bringing it back as this name. I wasn't. 
we had those conversations, but you know, upon reflection and upon conversations uh, and it just, it, it all made sense. And once it was, it made sense to me, it made sense to do it. Once it uh, appeared that this was the right name for it, this was the right way to go because of the story, because of the full circleness to it, because of this is where it started. And, you know, it's only appropriate that like I took the time off that I took from doing the show was because I was doing professional wrestling. Yeah. I'm done doing active professional wrestling inside of the ring. So me going back and now telling that story, tell you know, from doing this show from a different point of view than I did when I first started, it makes sense. It's called evolution. And I think that not only the show deserves it, I deserve it. Uh, well, so that's why I decided to bring it back. The last question I'm going to alter a little bit because I think it's going to lead into the Tids Kick in the Head interview segment this week. Um, out of all the matches you've had in your long career, who was one of your favorite opponents? Boy, one of my favorite opponents. I mean, listen, there have been there have been a lot uh, to say that there's one better than others. I mean, Cody Diener and I have always had fantastic chemistry working against one another. Sean Spears and I have always had fantastic chemistry. Uh, there's a series of matches that I had a ton of fun doing with one Moondog Manson for ECCW out on the West coast of Canada years ago. That's out Moondog. He's a, he was a good guy. You know, uh, my own guy. tag partner, my own tag partner, um, Magnus and Uncle Custom, Custom Made Man, Marcus Ryan. I've had fantastic matches with them. Uh, one of my most favorite opponents, and I know that it's just going to be a lot of fun inside of the ring. Probably the guy that we talked to this week. Right? I had a feeling. Because he's such, he's such a giving person inside of the ring. It's it, it was always the funniest thing, and I don't know if we talked about it or not, but it was very much a funny thing when we we're in the locker room. It's like, no, no, I want to do this. No, that makes no sense. You can't f do that. That's dumb. <laughs> but I'm going to do this. Well, no, you can't do that because that's dumb. It makes no sense. Why are you taking a bump like that? Well, because I want to, because I want to put you over. And this was always conversations back and forth that, you know, our next guest, uh, El Tornado, Mark Bartolucci, uh, would have. So I'm going to throw his name out there, not just because he's on the show this week. Honorable mentions, you know, go out to idiots like Crazy Steve and Jake O'Reilly. I love how you're, you're, you're such a nice guy, but once you've been nice for so long, you just have to throw in something malevolent. You're just like, These idiots. <laughs> they're, they're dumb. You know why? Because they're still doing this. Yeah, you're, you, you may be right. No, shouts out to uh, all of the former opponents that had the balls to get in with Chris for the first time. I know that it didn't take any balls to get in there after the first time, but the first time getting in the ring with you is intimidating, and it doesn't matter if you're a ring announcer, if you're a referee, if you're the 50-50 ticket girl. Uh, you were a scary, scary person to stand across the other side of the ring with, but I, I, it's nice to hear that 
guys like Mark get to come on to the show and yeah. not only talk about their long career and their stories about going to places like WWE, but just the experiences that they've had with you on the road. So I'm excited to hear this one. Well, um, let's do we'll, that. We'll throw it out to a sponsor. And when yeah. we come back, we're going to have their tids kicking the head this week. And that's here on The Law, live audio wrestling. Sportcards.com, Canada's number one stop for WWE, AEW, UFC, NHL, NBA, and NFL hobby boxes. Total, Total Sport Cards always delivers the most sought-after products with the best price points in the market that you can find. Keep your collection up to date with TotalSportCards.com. TotalSportCards.com, proud sponsor of Sunday night's main event. Welcome back to The Law Live Audio Wrestling. I am your host, Chris Tidwell, and joining me now, this is going to sound kind of strange to some people, not to me, not to him, I don't know, Um, but this is a guy who's actually been around so long that, okay, so we had to invent carbon dating um, to first figure out how long this gentleman has been around the business. And he only seems to get younger. Uh, not only was he, and still a very active wrestler, but he decided to take up the role of being a promoter as well in a business that actually, uh, does good things for the communities that he goes to. I'm talking about a guy that I've known for a long time. I'm talking about a man who's gone by a lot of the different spellings of the same last name but it's always said the same way it's mark bartolucci it's el tornado it's the promoter and owner of uh, rock solid wrestling and uh just an all-around i mean listen if there was ever a guy at the other end of this interview you would be him mark how you doing brother hey man i love you are you kidding me <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here and taking the time out to uh, you know listen you and I have a lot of conversations and car rides at, at your house, at, at, at my house, at, you know what I mean? On the road. And, but this is something that I wanted to do because I feel like your story, your story is so underrated, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if I've ever said this before um, to you personally, but, you know, if if anybody knows you and where you started and how you started and what you went through and now where you are now, it's like the complete progression of what you picture should happen to a smart wrestler. Right? So let's start, let's start at the beginning. Who the fuck are you and where did you come from? Well, you know, first of all, when you asked you to be on this, how many different people that I say, this guy's not available, this guy's not available, this guy's not available. That's why you chose never, me. Ne- never mind, just answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know what? With me, with wrestling in, in general? Yeah. With me, it was just always sports. I love sports, and pro wrestling was part of the sports, you know, my makeup. So I was a goaltender. I was uh 
inside linebacker. I was a cornerback, played tons of football year round. Uh, my whole life, basically from grade eight up was hockey in the winter, wrestling in the, in between football. And then in track and field, I was good at jumping, if you can imagine that. So I jumped a lot. I did long jump. I did the high jump. I did the freaking back flippity dip, dump, dump, jump. I did it all. <clears throat> so, yeah, so everything kind of went around. And in the meantime, I was watching wrestling 24-7, but never thinking I could do it because uh, it was it predated the internet. It predated everything, right? So I right. didn't know. There was nobody around. I'm from Northern Ontario. And so nobody from around here you know, uh, partook in it. We did have wrestling coming to town, which was uh, Gino Brito's um, uh, international wrestling. So uh, I did get to see, you know, the Road Warriors, Rick Martel, Dino Bravo, uh, King Tonga. It was an amazing, uh, amazing group of people. But uh, yeah, just like wrestling itself just never kind of reared its head. So I went another way. But after, like I said, just played all the sports I could all the way up till uh, graduation. So then after graduation, you have this great idea to become a professional wrestler. And you yeah. said for yourself, like where you are, <clears throat> very once in a while did a wrestling crew even like a, even come through town. Right. So uh, what'd you do? Open up the yellow pages? Because there wasn't there wasn't Google searches or anything like that. Right. That's right. Or, so I did. Uh, there wasn't a small indie show came to town and I met uh, a couple of guys who were active in the Ontario scene at the time. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just being a, a fan, I would, I'd say the word Mark, but I don't know what that meant. <laughs> right. Guy, I went out to see the show, uh, underwhelming as it was. And, uh, but I was just fell in love. I, it just looked like something I could do because of, of, uh, just my, who was on the show because of who was on the show. And you were yeah, like, yeah. Is <laughs> this, what the fuck? That's right. <laughs> so, uh, what, but one of them said, Hey, there's a school in Cambridge which you're well aware of uh-huh and uh so i thought what the hell and i and I, and but and so by the way i met these guys and i was taller and better shaped and i'm like oh maybe i'm not too small for this right right so i went to the school and literally the second you know what school i'm talking about and you know that the ring was on the second floor of a bank yeah and yeah. i walked up those stairs i turned the corner saw the ring and said i'm in that's it that's all it took and then literally i trained only for two months and i hit the road and that was it i never went back that was it. And was who, it. and, and at the time, if I'm not mistaken, it was, let's see who was, uh, Joe legend. Yes. Legend was living there. So yeah. it was basically training, uh, you know, from the, he didn't get up very early, but whatever. <laughs> Did anybody when, around there? Cause I feel like it was a lot of like, you know, because I, I spent some time there after yeah. you were already gone. Um, and, I feel like there was a lot of later nights than there were early mornings. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. But also the, uh, the owner of the facility used to try and get everybody to do his chores in the morning. And so I just said, you know what, I'm going to get up. I'm out. <laughs> and then the second ledge got up, I came back and we trained and ate and then, you know, ran around at night. And then, uh, and then, like I said, repeat, and we lived there. So we, we trained every day. It wasn't like class on Wednesday and Sunday or whatever, it was right. all day. As, as long as somebody was awake and the bank was closed, we were good. Yeah, that was always the thing, wasn't it? Because, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, and not to mention the fact that it was above the bank, but it was a low boy, too. Mm. It was a low boy. It was stiff as hell. 
stiff. So stiff. There was no room. It was tucked in this corner or whatever. You know what I mean? And it was, it it made you sit there and go, what the hell am I doing? Well, it made you, when you hit the road and you start wrestling in other rings, you're like, hey, this isn't so bad. Right? (laughs) Now was that a boxing ring? Do you remember? Or was yeah, that it an started? Actual... It's no, it started that one there started off as a boxing ring. I think yeah. that they just like they changed the wood out on and then put like plywood on top of plywood on top of plywood until it was just like <laughs> this immovable object. That's right. Right now, right. now that said, that said, those same guys, that same guy, Ike Shaw, right? Yeah. Joe Frockledge had a very nice show That's ring. Right. That show ring was something. That's right. And, and what happened to that? Uh, it was it was in a bus. Last, <laughs> last I heard, last I heard, it was in a bus. Yeah. And who knows <laughs> where? Like, yeah. I mean, it probably ended up as scrap or something at some point. I'm sure. Yeah, that was like was that he, he used to say it was a uh, a um, stampede ring, but I don't know. You never know if he was telling the truth. I mean, he also said that he had a career. That's right. <laughs> In the insurance field, if you know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, the cool thing about about the so Legend left, and then the second he left, very well the next day, Carl Leduc came in, and then Carl Leduc was able to uh, what a you know under uh, underrated guy, great pro wrestler, and a great trainer, fantastic trainer. It's so funny if when you mention the name Carl Leduc, because anybody in like in Canada or even worldwide knows the guy. Like if you don't know who Carl LaDuke is, but you are listening to the show, you're quite obviously aware of the, uh, the documentary uh, so famously with uh, Stu Hart asking one of his students, if they want to take the moves and you hear the guy, I'll take the moves. And that happens to be Carl LaDuke uh, who uh, hey, your lips are turning blue kid. Yeah. <laughs> And so if you don't, if you haven't seen it, go look it up. I mean, Carl LaDuke, um, Paul LaDuke, that whole lineage of wrestlers, you, how important is it? Okay. Let, I'm just, let's say it right now, because you had the opportunity, you were trained by people who actually understood the business, mm-hmm. who actually knew what they were doing in the business. I mean, because I mean, to this day, to this day, Joe, is still i mean he's still teaching living working in in i think he's in germany based out of germany somewhere right now um and he is still doing this 180,000 years old joe legend is you know what i mean and he's 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 seen both sides of the industry you know what i mean um how important is it to try to make sure that you get the right kind of uh, training out there and do you think because i know what my answer on this is do you think we live in an oversaturated market of wrestling schools oh yes i do 100 percent. however i would say this about the training and i think one of my favorite stories to <clears throat> to tell this of how i believe the training should be done is uh mm-hmm. is uh, showtime eric young school where right. Uh, he probably per capita had the greatest classes of all time for people who went and did stuff in the wrestling business. It was one and done. He had one group of dudes come in there. They all went on to do fantastic things. That's right. Yeah. At that moment, he told kids, 
get in shape yourself, do all the stuff yourself. I'm going to teach you how not to hurt yourself, how to do things, certain things, but then you're on your own and you have to go work. Yeah. And that's that work ethic, I think is, uh, could have been my downfall as well, because I, I'm, I like to run the road. Like even before wrestling, I was a musician. So I work, I work the road all the time doing that. Yeah. And then I also do it wrestling. And I think, you know, I came in when I came in, it was kind of like the, when wrestling changed, right. You know what I'm talking about. There's mm -hmm. that time where things went. So guys like you and I, <laughs> we're like, uh, we're like Phil Esposito walking into a modern, uh, you know, uh, hockey change room day with a cigarette <laughs> going, Hey guys, <laughs> right? where's the beers? You know, like it just doesn't exist anymore. And, and that's, you know, I, I think I kind of, my work ethic in that may, might have uh, been a, a part of going the way of the dodo at the time. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's worthy about working the, working the road and making towns and doing all that. And I still do to this day. It's funny that you mentioned before you started wrestling about playing in a band. Yeah. Um, and, and it brought to my attention that you have one of the most hilarious IMDB, um, descriptions. Do you know about this? <laughs> no, I don't. I, people have laughed about it, but I don't even know what that means. I have no idea. I didn't so know. IMDB is where, you know, it's got like your stuff, like your information and like what movies you've been in. So for you, it's, you know, it'd be like the WWE heat stuff or, or the, um, uh, dark side of the ring stuff, you know, shit like yeah. that. Right. But people, obviously, I don't know who contributes to it or who starts them or anything like that. Apparently, you know, they're out there and they exist, but your I'm going to read you All okay, right. your mini bio. And, and, and then and this is, this is brilliantly hilarious. Are you ready for this? All right. Born in Sudbury, Ontario, Bartolucci attended Low Ellen park high school where he was the original bass player. And one of the founders of the blues rock band, the regulators from 1988 to 1994, along with Dan Radu and Brent Gatoni. All true so far? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> the band gained notoriety for inciting the famous Haw Eater Riot of 1993. You can't talk about that, but keep And going. pause. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed. Well, you know, that band always plays the Titanic's going down, the band's playing, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's all I'm saying. I can't talk about it any more than that. That's, was, it, that's... Was, it, was it a moment like it could have been like a great white moment? Oh, well, not that bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or like a cage fight with a band in it. Okay, well, really okay, this is up. the next this is the next part then. Upon right. the band's eventual breakup, Bartolucci had a successful career in professional wrestling in the WWE until a transition to acting. He was originally cast for the lead role in Spider-Man, but subsequently dropped by the producers in favor of a <clears throat> smaller actor. <laughs> wow. Bro, that's your IMDB. I don't know if you, you know that or not. That? <laughs> that is some of the right? most. Is that like Wikipedia where people can just go in and do stuff? I don't it know. Ha it has to be. I don't it has know to be at this is. point. I, I have no clue. I would love to be able to find out who actually makes, like, <laughs> who makes these things. Because that's the funniest one I think I've seen. <laughs> You know, that's the best part is I can't get canceled because I'm not on anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> the best part, people are like, how do we get a hold of you? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you probably got a better chance of figuring it out than me telling you. 
That's right. Jake O'Reilly knows where to find me. He always knows where to find me. I'm in the I'm in the forest somewhere. <laughs> so let me ask you this next. Mm-hmm. So you 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 train for a couple of months because we're taking this ride. And and then you start hitting the road. Yeah. Was what did you go by? Was it Mark Bartolucci? Was uh, it El Tornado uh, then? Was it, you know, LG Kid, Kid Luscious? I, I was one of the many students who wore that stinky rug mask that looked like a cheetah, but it was, and they called you El Tigre Jr., whatever the, because Senior, I think Senior was Waldo Von Eric, actually. <laughs> senior had like 13 kids all yeah. working at the same time. Okay. And this thing, it didn't have a nose. I don't know if you remember it. It didn't have a nose. And it just stunk like like when you built a cabin when you're a kid and all the rainwater gets in on the rug and it just stinks. Uh, so that's what it was, was that. So, yeah, I wore that. And I, I loved hoods, right? I was just in love with, with uh, masked wrestlers. And then at the time, WCW was doing good business with all the masked wrestlers. So every promoter was like, oh, because I could do flips too, right? So I was right. I could do all that stuff. So. I was always, uh, you know, you're this guy, that guy, and it was always a hood, and which was great, fine with me, because I, the thing about me is I, I just love the sport so much. I'm not a very creative dude, right? So they're like, oh, you come up with an outfit, I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> so like, my first match ever was like the referee had a had a singlet I wore, and then I wore uh, the the uh, Viking pants with the butt in it, right? You know, the with the butt pad. So yeah, that, yeah. and then I had somebody's. Uh, Amateur boots, like it was, it was, it looked like a clown, which was fine with me. I'm good with clowns, but you know, like it's just, I didn't, I don't care about that stuff. I just want to wrestle. I don't care about gimmicks. I don't care about anything. I just wanted to wrestle. That's it. The contact and, and just doing the movement. So, okay. So you throw together something that looks like it, you got it at a garage sale. 100%. And I right? smell garage sale. Yeah. <laughs> you got a stinky mask yeah. <laughs> and you say to yourself, shit yeah this is what i want to do for the rest of my life yep yeah and then that's when i started because like back then like there was you know my first match i didn't even know how to do it like just, right. okay, you're wrestling i'm like okay do you remember that, who you were in with yeah i, I do yeah. <laughs> um, uh, stories you and i have told about uh one faithful night in the opera house who got a new smile from here to here Oh, really? Yeah, that was my first match. Pitbull. Pitbull, yeah. Ontario. Not, not the, yeah, not the yeah. one that anybody would ever remember. No. Um, he was, yeah, he spelt it differently. He spelt it with three P's. If I'm not, yeah, he was like a Pitbull with a stutter. Pitbull. Porky Pitbull. Wow. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I didn't know how to do anything. I just knew how to, I knew how to, you know, move around, but nobody taught me anything. It was when they used to throw you in cold and just go well, out. You certainly, you certainly progressed out of that because I mean, he, he still didn't know how to do anything. No, that's right. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was it. I think it was in a, at a fair somewhere in, uh, in uh, Waterloo and then went on to uh, it did the chin picnic. Right. So uh, maybe my fourth and fifth match was in front of 6,000 Italians, which is interesting. Is Parisi running those? Tony, oh, yeah. Can, Cannonball Tony Parisi was still running the chin picnic back then. Yeah. Yeah. That yep. was always, that was always, a, I remember that being a much bigger deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, back when Tony was still running it. 
you know what I mean? No offense to any of the stuff that, that, uh, who was it? Uh, Ron, Ron Hutchinson, mm -hmm. AWF, you know, had, I mean, you could always get a great turnout and stuff like that, but there was just always, there always just seemed to be something special about the chin picnic with the professional wrestling being yeah. run by Tony Parisi. Like it was, it still had this like small town atmosphere in this gigantic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Italian the best part about Greasy too is, is he would be the uh, the ring announcer, but he just oh, put yeah. a restaurant, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was the only reason. Ladies, don't forget to try the meatballs. <laughs> you know, come down. It's ladies' night. Hey, look, a wrestler. That was <laughs> that was your intro. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and after you were done eating the re at the restaurant, and you got all you know too too uh, too slothy to go anywhere else, it was like eh, you could just go at the, the to the motel. That's and right. stay at the motel too, That's right? right? It was all hooked up. Uh, it was so fantastic. All right. So you're on the road now and mm -hmm. you're working, right? How, what made you decide to go down to uh, try your luck with WWE? Well, back then, um, uh, used to send tapes, right? VHS tapes, by the way. Yeah. VHS so you, tapes. so you put together a couple of eight by tens. Yep. And a VHS tape and a, and a promo, uh, a little biography, and you put it in a folder, yep. right? Stuck yep. it in a manila envelope and mailed it off down and to mailed it off. And, but back then, though, we had a Canadian presence. There was a guy named Carl DeMarco here yep. in Ontario. Yeah. It was a little easier. You could reach out to that office or you could go, you know, either way. But I ended up getting my first uh, call. I'm going to say 98. I'm okay. going to say that. Maybe. Right. And uh, yeah, so I just, uh, you know, started uh, working the job circuit for those guys and had a great time. We did it probably pretty solid for four or five years where, uh, you know, pretty well any stop in Canada and then down down around, uh, I guess that'd be Lake Michigan. So as far as Chicago, back up to Green Bay, and then on the other side, all the stops in Ohio and all that. So a lot of, a lot of good times, tons of good times, but no contract. But yeah, okay. So what happened? I mean, why not? No, I mean you. You know, know. You, yeah, you. You know. You know. You're good enough. I know you're good enough. I mean, was it? Yeah. Uh, they kept. Here's the thing that's always kind of like bugged me about that whole older, like what they used to do to a lot of the guys is get them to just repeat, 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 and never with the intention of using them or did you get the, did you get the, the constant, like, you know, pat on the back from Carl and the, like, you know, the, we're going to put you over and it's kind of, that contract's coming soon. Did he, did he give you the Ike Shaw treatment? Well, not him necessarily. He, I think he helped me get my foot in the door, but then after that, it was just all with uh, different bookers and stuff like that who were working the office at the time. Right. Uh, so and it was all good. I, I think personally, I just think number one, I think I may have flown under the radar a little bit. Okay. Like, cause I was always there and I was just always doing stuff and you know, who wants to get hit in the head of the mop? I will. Right. And then just going. So it is what it is. Right. I think I put my hand up a lot and, uh, but you know, I had, I had a certain look. I had, uh, I looked the same. I got, like I said, I have Wait. no creativity whatsoever. So I had long Wait, did you hair. get stuck in, did you get stuck in a barroom brawl? I did. <laughs> I did that. I wasn't a bar. It was the she was the uh, the back room. Uh, there was a um, like a catering table in the back. All right. Yeah, and there was a 
like this was, it was Bobby Roode, Canyon, mm-hmm. me, Tyson, Ruffy. I think that might be it. And then the, the fight came into the room. <laughs> Who was in the fight? Uh, FBI and uh, the Acolytes. Oh, so you had to like, you had to either get hit by, you know, little Guido or get hit by Ron Simmons. That's right. And I ended up fighting with Ron Simmons and he was freaking gentle and beautiful punches and wonderful. Ever. Do you want me to tell you a good story about that night? Uh, no, no. I mean, that's not okay. what we're doing here or anything. Like, what the fuck? Of course. So at the time, Tyson and I, Tyson Dukes uh-huh. and I were uh, tag team and uh, did, you know, spent a million years together on the road. And then uh, at one point, he had taken a lot of stuff because he had insurance and I didn't, right? So if something dumb was to be done, he's like, oh, I'll do it, you know? I'm like, oh, cool, man, thanks. So we're doing this barroom brawl thing. And then, uh, so they, they're going through it and they're saying, okay, so Bradshaw's going to come in with a, he's going to have a broomstick. He's going to hit something with the broomstick. And of course it'll be fixed, right? The broomstick, you know, like, I'll do it, right? <laughs> Tyson's like, listen, let me, he goes, I, I do all the stuff for you. Give me this one time. So then I have to like brawl with with uh with Ron, Ron. Simmons. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Here it goes, right? And and I remember there was a uh, like the the way they staged the the back room, there was a uh not a rocking chair, but like a leather lazy boy. And I thought, well, if I hit the lazy boy and tip it over, I won't have to get back up again, right? <laughs> so that was my plan was to hit it. So it happens, they come down, and this is live on SmackDown. And then uh, <clears throat> they're counting it through. Boom, boom, boom. They come through the door. Bang! Flies open. I see the broomstick go flying. Holy shit. Turn around into Ron Simmons. One, two punches. Gorgeous. Throws me into the deal. I, I literally bend it over and it springs me back up for more action. <laughs> like, fuck. And then, you didn't so, hit it hard enough? <laughs> It was like a freaking catapult. It brought me back into the plane. Like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Chair was and part then, of the work. <laughs> yeah, a couple other things. And then, you know, and, and then it's like, and we're out. And then everybody's clapping. Oh, good job, everybody. I look up. Everybody's happy. I look. Tyson's laying there. Puddle of blood. What? <laughs> he split him open with the broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> Bradshaw. <Yeah. laughs> like, I don't know if it was the wrong end or what it was, but. <laughs> a little slice and dice on his on his head. There you go. See, I did him a favor, right? Oh, uh, that's amazing. It's funny you mentioned like you mentioned Ron. You mentioned Farouk, uh, mm-hmm. even before that. Like you know when he was doing or when he first started, he was actually the very first interview ever done on live audio wrestling. There you go. The first, the WWE drove him to the studio in a limo and he gets out and, you know, rock stars it up, comes into the studio. Could not have possibly been more of a gentleman, like an unbelievable human being. And when you look at, when you look at somebody and you ever think to yourself, what, like when you look at the picture and you think, oh, this guy has to be this way. You know what I mean? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's people out there that you just like, oh, you can tell what kind of person he is. Polar opposite. Yeah. Polar opposite Ron Simmons. So. And, and built for pro wrestling, right? This oh, Jesus. Pro wrestling. Yeah. Cause you can't play football forever, but apparently you can be a pro wrestler forever. No I mean, comment. Look, look at you. <laughs> look at you. 
Is that, the, is that the thing? Is that the thing though? I mean, Oh, I, I couldn't make it as a football player. So I become a pro wrestler. I think, I think the beauty of wrestling, like the art form of wrestling is that <clears throat> like, if you're playing football, you're firing off the ball. And right. so, you know, when you're 19, you're going to fire off the ball just as fast. So when you're 30 years old, you're not firing off the ball anymore that, that yeah. way. Whereas wrestling, you can tweak stuff. You can become, you can change your stuff. You can, as long as you're still, you know, <clears throat> putting asses in the seats and getting heat, I'm all for it. In fact, I'm taking this to an art form. I want to get, I want the boys to like shut me down, like permanent. I want everybody to turn on me. I want this, the heat to be so severe. <laughs> Like, I want it to cross the line, and they're finally like, "Look, you're gonna get it. We're, we're putting you away." I'm like, okay, you're gonna take me out in the back and put a bullet in my head. That's what I need. That's oh wow, really, the old really old yeller of of professional that's right. wrestling. That's right. Wow. I mean, listen, I, I I'm some days happy, some days not mm-hmm. that I uh, stepped away from active duty, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, but listen, you have been able, you've been able to still keep going and then after you come back so it's not working out wwe you say to yourself i'm gonna start a promotion yeah well it was when the the good the good story there that the thing that put the spark in my head was uh at the time uh terry taylor was uh kind of a mentor to tyson Mm -hmm. and i and uh we were uh backstage and <clears throat> i kind of knew this was we we're getting to the end here because like i i don't know it just kind of <clears throat> kind of saw the writing on the wall the, and then, the vibe the vibe was in the room <clears throat> oh yeah so then uh at one point uh terry's like hey man what's wrong and i go ah you know was it, okay hold on hold on yeah. was it something that you guys maybe was it something that happened something that you did or did you just think it was like a uh you know what we've we've squeezed all that we possibly can out of these guys I think I think it was just kind of like uh, it started to get into the point where the OVW fellows were coming in. Uh, gotcha. They were starting to have uh, contests where you win a million dollars in a in a contract, and then I have to show you how to take a backdrop before you get your million dollars on Raw, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like you could see, like just there was a different way to get your foot in the door. I Did think that, that happened. Pardon me. Did that happen with somebody that's currently working? Or are they already <laughs> retired. I think they already retired. Oh, so who was it? <laughs> but either way, I just, <laughs> you're <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> ship sailed, brother, like Gilligan. Yeah, like Bruno Gerusi and the Beachcombers. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, I just uh, so Terry just said, "Hey, man, you can wrestle anytime you want. Why does it have to be here?" And I was like, "Well, money." But anyways, uh, and it yeah. just kind of blew my mind. I never thought of it that because this was this was before. Like nowadays, you can actually travel. And if you're willing to, you know what I mean? Be gone on the road that much independent. There's some independent workers out there working yeah. on the independent scene that are making a, a living Yeah, at this. You know what I mean? There's not many. There's, I mean, the numbers probably, you know, 1% yeah, uh, yeah. out of all of them, but right. So, I mean, valid point that you can do it anywhere. Yeah. So, you so decide. I wanted to have a show. I wanted to have a, a, a show where you had, um, in my opinion, the, the cream of the crop in the change room, so that if you came in, you're working with somebody who's been there, done that. Because the, the pro wrestling world is filled with guys who've been to Japan, been to Mexico, been everywhere, and they still don't have that full-time job. And that was the other thing, too, is back then, 
there wasn't these other fledgling places where you could go and make a decent living. There was only the one place, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of unemployed dudes. <laughs> right. So, and Ontario, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is is the promised land of, of pro wrestling, where you, where you have an independent wrestling uh, um, group of guys who are just, and girls who are just top notch. Well, I don't think, I, I honestly don't think, and, and I've said this before, I've talked about this with other people. So I do not think that there has, there is an area that has turned out more professionals over the years, mm -hmm. not just currently, but I mean, over the years, you know, mm -hmm. consistently turning out top professionals in whatever company that they work in. Right. But yeah. more of them, I don't, I don't know if there's more than, than Ontario. Now you could say Florida because that's where everybody goes to the, to the PC and, but that's not where they're from. They're travel yeah. from other places to there, but Ontario is like, the, we're, we're talking, you're talking for the most part, born and bred Canadians from the province of Ontario, yeah. which is the size of a third of the United States as it is, you know that's what I mean? Right. Put it in the Northeast and it's like the entire everywhere thing. It's, you know, yeah. uh, it's the size of 20 States. Right. Sure. Yeah. But, but it seems to have turned out more than anybody I can think of. A hundred percent. And like quality from top to bottom, it's, it's unbelievable. Like you're, you can go to any indie show in, in Ontario and there's at least one guy that you're like, holy jeez, you know, that yeah. guy's good, man. And sometimes that's also the deterrent is that there's only one guy. That's <laughs> I mean, there seems to be, you know, there seems to be a lot of, a lot of, indie shows out there you remember okay because you've been around long enough you remember when ontario used to be run by the athletics commission that's right i still have my license shut up really oh yeah where is it i'm one of that's, those old people who keeps everything like you well what are you gonna possibly need it for at this point it's not uh, coming back bro <laughs> this is my, my lawyer big sal he's a monkey yeah he's a smoking monkey. He's smoking Oh well, I mean, no, I do have my license somewhere. I yeah, don't that's hilarious. Do yeah. you th do you think because you know even then, even when the commission was in charge, there, there you go. Look at that. Wow, the Ontario Ministry of Athletics. Yeah, it means yeah. absolutely. Oh, I should hide that number, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Somebody's gonna steal your <laughs> identity from. Gonna that. put it on the IBMD or whatever the fuck. <laughs> did, like. There was only a handful of like outlaw shows, renegade, yeah. you know, people running or whatever. But it seemed like right after the commission um, got rid of professional wrestling as part of their, you know, their shtick, yeah. we'll call it, because um, I don't want to get sued and we don't need to edit that stuff out. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I can tell you a story here in a second. But it seemed like a lot more places. It was like everybody just popped up. Mm -hmm. Right. Was that, did that make it tougher? Like for you to try to start up or did you think that because you, where you were, were you, you know, running in a, out of Northern Ontario, basically. Right. Was yeah. there, was it easier for you? Um, I think, uh, well, like back when you were saying when the, when the commission was running, yeah, it was a lot more organized. You felt like you're at a bigger events. Each each show felt like a bigger event. Mm -hmm. Once they went and every all these promotions opened up, you know yourself what four four shows and they're done. The majority of them, right? Yeah, because I saw you there. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> yeah, 
So I think yeah. there's, and, and I find that after lockdowns were done, everybody took their freaking government money probably, and they're now starting uh, promotions, and that's why it's back around again, in my opinion. It's just like flying. Everybody's got a promotion. Every town's got a promotion. So I think it's always good for the business. Like it's always good for people to go and and uh, and guys to work and get your experience in, get your licks in, you know. So what makes so what did you decide then what was going to make rock solid different what was going to make rock solid the locker wrestling room. different the okay. locker room um you you've been part of the locker room since uh, pretty well the beginning i believe yeah and so you know you know that it's a tight group and it's uh we actually have a roster that we carry every town we go to plus or minus uh, a few spots but we run with a roster of people i want to be around and people i think are positive um, we have a good uh, track record of taking newer talent, putting them in the ring with the guys who've been there, done that, you know, mixing them up. We have another group of, of, of uh, young guys coming in this year, too, that I'm excited are going to get in there, in, the, in with us, in the, you know, and then we're just going to go town to town to town to town. And we still travel. We don't run a house show, so we still do right. towns, which is the older way of doing things. Yeah. Now I think so, I think you're not putting yourself over enough though, Mark. Because I mean, let's be honest. The, when you talk about going from town to town to town, right? Uh, yeah. However many dates that you guys end up doing each year, um, between what 10, 10 dates, thirteen dates, something like that. Uh, maybe this year, but uh, yeah. pre-lockdown, I'd say uh, the biggest was probably eighteen to twenty. Eighteen to twenty dates, right? Yeah. Now, in each one of these dates, going to these different towns right yeah there's always a cause there's always mm -hmm. some kind of you know we're we're doing this for a local charity yeah right um yeah. is there a reason um behind that like what made you set out was this something uh business related or was this something personal related where you wanted to you know what i mean be able to for whatever reason did it happen to you as a young kid did you have to go around door to door with the candy boxes you know what i mean or yeah. or or because or, i know for like myself for myself i have i have been part of i don't i'll book but i don't promote i'm not that's not my thing right but i've booked for promoters that yeah. have put on shows for benefits for like the spca or for <laughs> cancer uh treatment uh, awareness mm. or something like that right but each town it's always seems to be a different one local town to town how important like why well it's just i feel like it's good to leave the town a little bit better than when you came in instead mm -hmm. of uh, burning it down you know we come in and try and leave a little bit with and usually it's a sporting thing i, I like kids to get outside I, I want them to get out and, and play a sport uh so for example in Subby when when i first started uh doing this it was for this football team that i was helping uh coach okay. and uh they hadn't had a, this high school hadn't had a football team for 20 years and then one day my my nephew phones up and goes hey we're gonna have a football team this year uh, can you come out and volunteer so i go out there and they had like nothing right so uh, I talked to the coach. I'm like, oh, I'll do, we'll do a show and we'll donate all the money. So that's was my first kind of getting my feet wet. It was successful. We did three shows. And then next thing you know, we had change rooms and helmets and everything. So I just that's saw the power of it. And I'm also a believer in like um, the money 
going to a small, like something like this, you can see the money going to work and you can see it happening. Uh, my other, uh, the other charity that's close to my heart is Sudbury um, Playground Hockey League because uh, I can literally sponsor somebody to play hockey all year round and buy their equipment. And, you know, maybe we do one show, I can do six kids this year, or I can do seven kids this year. And it's all anonymous and whatever, you know, and, and it's just to me like that's money going to a right place instead of, you know, maybe like you said, with the with the pot, like where does that money go? I don't right. know, right? You put it into a big barrel and it can go anywhere. Whereas here I know it's going into a specific area and it's getting kids off the computer and outside and playing and, and participating in sports. And we've done other things that I know that like specifically, you know, with your um, champion at the time, Cody Diener, mm -hmm. right. With, with special kids from special towns. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we've yep. watched, we've watched them grow yes. over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been pretty cool in my opinion, because some of these kids could barely, you know, they're old enough you're like oh they're not going to remember this and they remember yeah. Oh, yeah. they remember it years later so you know i always just wanted to say it's pretty pretty fucking cool that that you guys are you know and by you guys i mean rock solid wrestling and your crew um mm -hmm. what they're doing you know um i think it's fantastic yeah what well you know what man it just everybody leaves happy and then and then when we come back it's they're happy to see us come back again right now so. <clears throat> now with that said, with that said, though, mm -hmm. you have to you have to know now that you're in that type of business where there's going to be imposters. There's going to be people that 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 look at what you've done and think that it's easy. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, has there been any hurdles where you've had to get any towns back after somebody's come in there and burnt it? Or is, you know, or has there been a drop in any kind of business from clear imposters coming in and trying to ride on the success that you and rock solid wrestling have made over the years? You know, honestly, I don't, when it does happen, I, I couldn't even tell there was a show in town. I have no idea. Wow. And that, that's across, across the board. We just kind of seem to, now you got to understand too, we're not running monthly or anything in the sure. venue right we, we come yep. back twice a year sometimes sometimes only once a year so it's more of an event but um you know like i'm a i'm a capitalist near and dear man i love <laughs> i love having a product and seeing who where people want to spend their money at what product you know what i mean yeah so i'm all for it come on out run your shows do it in the old days like when we you and i uh came up there was there was some honor you know you stayed out of people's towns and whatever and but those days are obviously dead. So, I'm well, not you know why? You know why? Because everybody's got a cell phone. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll say it straight up. Like back in the in the day, you know, you would get you would get sent out from certain people to mm -hmm. shut down shows. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. A show would pop up and you'd be like, "Nope, shut it down," and you'd yeah. go there and you would have this show shut down. Yeah, one hundred percent. You can't do that now. Because everybody's got a cell phone and quick access to Facebook Live. There you go. And everybody's litigious. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just a it's a weird, different world that we live in now, dude. And that's just been 
it's I, crazy. I, honestly, though, I think it's I think it's good because, like I said, it gives people a place to work, right? You know, right. And at, at the end of the day, at the end yeah. of the day, isn't that what it's all about? Like right? these guys out there who tour across Canada, and uh-huh. I would never be able to do what they do. And right. So my hats off to them, man. Like I don't know how you could go and do thirty shows in a row. Right. Right. Like that's that's amazing. And and I you know wow. I, I I could never pull that off. So uh, it, 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 and as you know, wrestling comes in all shapes and sizes. I always say wrestling's like metal, because with metal, it's like the type of music that has so many genres. Oh, jeez, don't you, get me it's, started. It's impossible. Yeah, the death metal and the thrash metal and the freaking <sighs> whatever metal, and it, it just goes on and on and on, right? Yeah. And then, but then, like, there's also an appeal to to like not cut it up into little pieces but have something that appeals to everyone but at the end of the day every one of those metal bands mm-hmm. all of those different genres yeah. they all love iron maiden sure exactly right exactly. so so at the end of the day i mean if, if you can if you can give them iron maiden why not give them iron maiden that's right you because know? i want to go I, see i want to go see death angel man that's right <laughs> death angel with dark angel and uh, all the other angels. Yeah. Remember that was a big thing Chris in the nineties. Oh, not that guy. Oh, fuck. Who's looking more and more like Paul Stanley lately? I don't understand. Um. Well, probably same doctor. There you go. That would be my guess. <laughs> um. What age is too young? Uh, that's a good point. I would say um, drinking age is a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 the reason the reason I ask this is because you know this is kind of a debate that I've had with a few people, uh, not so much on the show yet and stuff. And I always wanted to get your opinion on it because you do run a promotion, mm-hmm. you do book people, right? Yeah. Um. You know, is. I mean, what is drinking age, though? I mean, because there's some of us that started when we were really young. You know what I mean? But, but yeah. I mean, in the world of professional wrestling, you have to think about, you have to think about the body and where the mind is first and foremost. That's right, right? Because mentally, mentally, I think uh, the business takes its biggest toll on you there. Not even just the physical. You can figure out the physical stuff. I will know? tell you this: one. I think that the I hear what you're saying, but like. When you and I used to do what we like doing, uh, like traveling and, and doing what we used to do, it was a lot more like doing like a, like an audition, right? Right. You'd come out and a promoter come out and go, you're ugly, you're fat, you're, you know, work out. That doesn't happen anymore. Like you have guys who wrestle in their hometown only and they right. wrestle once a month and they're happy with that. And that's, you know, they're a big deal because their mom can come out and see them wrestle once a month and that's it. So and I don't care and these and and these things pop up and then they and and that's so they, they, that whole road ethic that I was talking about at the beginning mm-hmm. that's that's where I'm kind of a dinosaur because you know a young guy will come up to me and say you have any advice on that oh yeah and then blah, 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 and then and I'm talking to them like they're like what does that mean what are you talking yeah. about yeah you know but do you think do you think that's because is, do you think that's uh, is the trainer to blame. No, I think it's just like like if 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 Joe Legend and mm-hmm. and you know Carl LeDuc never said to you put on your shoes and hit the fucking road, you know what I mean? And they just made everything comfortable for you there. Like, 
it, would that be the because that's what's happening is they get comfortable in a certain place and they're like ah I, i'm kind of over with these 30 people and that's a really comfortable spot to be why do i want to go embarrass myself in front of thirty thousand people or even three thousand people or even 300 people at that you know what i mean oh yeah yeah and maybe it, you know and and uh, maybe it's because uh, mo- most of these places have like a school attached to the federation okay and right. then the school has to keep the the students happy, right? right. Yeah, so, yeah. But so, I mean, now now with that with that said, on that end, because I you know, yeah. uh, we have a school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a school with my partner Ben Ortman's in Cambridge called Crossbody Studios. You can look it up on Facebook anytime, right? You know what I mean. And um, there is that aspect of it, right? Yeah. But. I think that there's a, there's a huge difference between working those shows because you can work those shows and then work other places. Like I get it. If there's only where you're working, like every one of our, every one of our kids. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, our, our, you know, the, uh, our our champion uh, crystal moon right now is she's killing it. She's traveling. She's going down to the stage. She's, she's got her boots on and she, she's embracing that end of it. You know what I mean? We've got a few students out there that are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. So why didn't you ever get into being a trainer then? Uh, You know what? I I I mean, there was one. No comment. (laughs) There's none. Okay. There's none. <laughs> I, I trained a guy named Relic to steal logs. That was it. Um, no, you know what, man? Uh, training is—I don't know. I—I I like the, like I said, I like the Showtime Eric Young. You know, like you said, here's your here's your shoes. Start walking. I'm going to teach you a little bit, and then you—the only way you learn psychology, any of that kind of stuff that brings you to the next level, because pro wrestling is all about in my opinion, it's all about plateaus, right? You get to a certain point, you're comfortable in the ring, you know, then you, you meet somebody that blows your mind and then you're like, Oh shit. Now I got it. So then you, you go up another plateau mm-hmm. and then you, once you get comfortable there, then you meet somebody else. Right. And then, so like, that's what it's all about. And so you're only going to get that if you leave the neighborhood, right. And start your travels and start meeting these people. You remember when um, a lot of the Japanese fellows were over in, uh, in Ontario Mm-hmm. And that was fantastic, right? Like they got to work a bunch of people. You didn't speak the language. What a great experience. Oh my God. You know, and you didn't have, you know, and then you've had this ring time with these guys. And then when you do get to go to a place and there's someone from Mexico or there's somebody from, from anywhere, you know, uh, you can wrestle a match and have it, and have it really work. And wrestling is just, you know, it's, it's when, when two guys, I don't know. It's just something like you don't even have to to be able to talk and to get to that level, you know, wrestling your best friend from wrestling school is not going to get you there, but maybe that, maybe that doesn't matter anymore. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, You know, I think you're exactly right. I don't think that it does to some people, you know, because they, they get quite comfortable where they are and that's it. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, we've always, we always looked at it and most people, we were taught to look at it like a business. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are being taught nowadays, I think, to look at it more like a uh, fuck, like an activity. I always say it's it's live action Dungeons and Dragons to a lot of the effects. Don't say that. Don't say That's that. What I think. Really? Live action Did you ever play? Wait, hold on. Did you ever play Dungeons and Dragons? Absolutely not. Were you a LARPer? 
No. <laughs> Did you ever go to a Renaissance festival? No. <laughs> None the girls of these... wear the things because I go. <laughs> they wear the. Did you the have your things. your pint of mead and your fucking <laughs> turkey leg? <laughs> Buy some runes. <laughs> Can you smoke there? Because I know if you can smoke, right? Oh, unbelievable! No, I, you know, I, I, and looking at all sports and, I, and yeah. look, look at music, look at music. Like, like gone are the are the places where you know, like if you if you made it and got a record deal, you'd been playing ten years somewhere. Mm-hmm. Those days are gone, right? Because even right. the venues aren't around. Like, I don't think there's that. I, I remember these to be like a college. And a university circuit, like bands would, would, you know, once you got to that level, it's like, oh, wow, you know, uh, these guys, and then you'd see them on TV uh, uh, maybe a year later say, hey, I saw that guy at uh, Laurentian University. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a quick story. So um, back in the day, I used to, I used to work at this uh, pool hall slash bar slash arcade slash uh, music venue. Okay, in Mississauga, Ontario, it was run by. Are you ready for this? It was run by Toronto Maple Leafs goalie Peter Ng, his uncle. Okay, Okay. (laughs) so we used to get like like Baumgartner would come in there and hang out, you know, when they were with Peter and stuff like that. It was that era of the Leafs, right? And so there was a band that was playing there. There There's high school kids, and they were, you know, there was a couple of them, and they would they would rent out their school gymnasium, their high school gymnasium, like once a year. Right. And do this thing called jingle bell rock where these, you know, three or four bands would get together and pull all of their funds and rent this thing out and just pack this place. But one of the rules was, is they had to hire their own security. Well, I ran a security company at the time because I was doing bodyguarding stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, so they had met me at this bar and were like, Hey, would you be interested in doing this? And I was like, absolutely. No problem. Right. And they would rent this thing out. And so I did that gig with them, a couple of other gigs downtown, you know, and this band was, this band was called Pez. Okay. Like just like the the little candy thing or whatever. Right. So fast forward a few years and I'm at home one day and I've got on much music MTV for Canada, basically right at the time. And there's this video comes on. And I hear this song, I hear this song, you know, in the background or whatever. It's a, this new hit song that I've heard on the radio a couple of times, right? And I see they've got the little right. I look over at the TV and there's the little writing there and they're talking about this band called Billy Talent. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, that's, that's the Pez kids. That's the, <laughs> like these, these are these kids, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That I was doing their security for them in a, in a high school gig so that they could actually do the gig. Yeah. Right. It was like, you know, and fast forward and Billy talent is still just out there murdering it. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're killing it still. Right. So, I mean, these bands got to start someplace, just like with wrestlers, they've got to start yeah. someplace. Right. Like I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a believer in the 10,000 hours. Uh, if you want to master something, but I don't know if that, if people want to wait or have the patience for the 10,000 hours. Right. Anymore. Right. So I think that what happens is either you like, look at, look at hockey, right? Like I think in my personal opinion, I think gone mm-hmm. are the days of a talented kid um, who doesn't make it because he doesn't have the funds to play for the teams where you get signed from. And sure. that's, that's sad for me because like the, the, the good, those are the good stories, right? Right. Those are the stories that you remember. Um, 
So like if you're going to get drafted eventually to the NHL, I'm pretty sure that you played on all the top teams uh, where the six-year-old kids are wearing suits and have matching freaking bags mm-hmm. and stuff, right? Which is bullshit. You don't need that. You just have to go out and play and the cream will rise to the top. And I think that's where wrestling, like when wrestling was great in my opinion, uh, which makes me a dinosaur, was that if you were great in your area, you made it to the Fed. Right. And then where you fell in the Fed, that's up to you and fate. But you got there and got that paid. That's why like the opening match was great. And the main event was great. There was no right. dogs and stinkers. It was all great. So whether you played a clown or a, whatever you played, you were still the best of where you you got your start. You know, and maybe because back then, I don't know if you remember, they used to be scouts. Am I right? Absolutely. <clears throat> and that's gone too, because now you have to go down there and play the game and hopefully your parents are rich enough so you don't have to work. Well, now it's done in the guise of tryout camps and sure. things like, you know, uh, tough enough. And like uh, Gabe Sapolsky is going to be at such and such show and he's going to have a, a, a tryout seminar camp and he's going to pick two people or Jacques Rougeau is going to have this tournament and send somebody down to Nightmare Factory or whatever it is. Like this is the new this is yeah. the new way for them to try to, quote, quote, scout people. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a never evolving business still with the same base core. Yeah. You're right. right? And that's never going to go away. Yeah. Just like good karate movies. So oh. we're running out of time here. No, but before not. we go, I know. Well, I mean, we are, but we're not. Um, before we go, uh, for those of you that are just joining us now, sorry, ha, suckers. Uh, we're sitting here with Mark Bartolucci, El Tornado uh, owner, promoter, and fantastic wrestler inside of uh, rock solid pro wrestling just rock solid wrestling you can look him up uh i'd ask him to give out all the information but you know he won't so we'll have that all available for everybody don't you worry about it but i know mark that you and i both you and i both are huge fans of shaw Brothers stuff um you know and old karate movies as well uh what's in the vcr right now oh my god yeah new sunny chiba for me Obviously, okay. it's not new Sunny Chiba. Sister Street but, Fighter? No, well, no, that's old. <laughs> <laughs> Yakuza Wolf. Okay. One and Yakuza Wolf 2. Really? Fantastic. All right. And I'm gonna let you in on something. I'm trying to pitch a show where I'm gonna I'm gonna host it and we're gonna watch Kung Fu movies. Like Elvira. I'm, like Elvira, but it'll be Mark talking about Kung Fu. El Tornado. Elvira. I'll, I'll lay in the bed though. I, I so when I was a kid, uh, we used to get a channel in from Buffalo and they used to have like nights, gimmick nights, right? So they'd have right. like comedy night yeah, and all this stuff. So I, of course, as you know, to this day, I don't sleep. So I would watch comedy night was Jerry Lewis movies, right? And all that good stuff and went on and on. And then Kung Fu night. And that's where I, I got hooked on, on all those wonderful, like Shaw Brothers movies where they're knocking on movies in two weeks with the most amazing acrobatics, most amazing fight scenes. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable talent. Once they got a hold of the studios, uh, the Shaw Brothers stuff just erupted. And oh for me, God. it was for me it was Sunday mornings. 
right? Yep. Uh, we had the we had the Sunday morning kung fu theater. It was usually on, so we'd wake up early enough, right? And we'd catch the uh, matinee at the Bijou, which was like this thing that I was remember set that. Up, that would set up like they'd have like a main event picture, but it was you know what I mean. It was and and they, they like they showed all the serials. Of, they show the serials like Captain Marvel and yeah, all that. They'd have yeah. like an, an episode of like the Lone Ranger show yeah. or whatever. Then it was like some feature film or you know what I mean. And then it would be like uh, a kung fu movie, and then it would be football. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that was it was fantastic, but there was always, always good kung fu movies on, always good Shaw Brothers stuff on. Um, it makes me miss that kind of stuff because there's not movies that are made that know that they're hokey, that know that you know what I mean. That it's a work. Maybe yeah. that's what it was about Shaw Brothers stuff compared to like some of the stuff that they make nowadays. Nowadays they're like they try to make it just as hyper realistic as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, we still want to go back to those old Shaw Brothers ones. Oh, for sure. Just like just like pro wrestling now is this hyper realistic. They're trying to implement, you know, because of all the other stuff with bare knuckle boxing and and and, and MMA stuff and kickboxing and all of the other things that we have available to us now. They try to make it as hyper realistic as possible. But at the end of the day, we want that big blue cage. We, you know right. what I mean? We want, we want, want to shake it. Shake it. <laughs> we want us, we want a scaffold. We yeah. want a scaffold. You know what I mean? With the midnight express up top on there. Right. That's we want right. that. We want that stuff that it was like, there's no way the absurdity of this is why we're kind of intrigued by it. You know what That's I mean? Funny. Like one of the things that me as a caveman had to learn was, uh, was editing, right. How to like, cause I, I edit all our stuff. Yeah. And the one thing I love is seeing the dad at the show. And so you got Daddy Davis in the ring against Jake O'Reilly, and dad's like this. And he's not enjoying it at all. Right. And then halfway through the match, he's like this. <laughs> and then the, the diaper bag comes out, and whatever happens, and Jake O'Reilly pops him in the head. Then he's like, ha, ha, ha. And at the end, when there's finally a pinfall, he's into it, and he's having a great time. And those are the people I like to meet after the show go, I did not want to come to wrestling. I did not want, you know, I think it's the dumbest thing ever, but I had the greatest time and I'll be back next time because this was awesome. Isn't that what it's all about? It is. But I got a theory about the Kung Fu. You ready for this? All right. And this is more dinosaur talk for me. Uh, it's it's an era. It's, it's a time, right? So like even look at the Clint Eastwood uh, Westerns, right? The, okay. the, the, the big three Westerns. You did that in the ugly up to like the, the three you did in Italy. Yeah. And it's something about the film, like the color, everything about that is what makes that special. You could redo that movie today and I would, I probably wouldn't care because it'd be digital. It'd be all shiny. You know what right. I mean? There's something about that grittiness and this. You felt like that you had a bunch of people together making a movie on a shoestring budget and they're there for the right reasons. And they, they're all in, they're all in. Like I always call it little rascal promotion. It's like they're little rascals. Hey, right. let's put on a show. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to come, you know, and then you get that really cool feeling. And I think that's what those Shaw brothers did. It was like a slice of time that was just like, everything was so fucking cool and it's always cool. And then, but then today, you know, I love Jackie Chan to death, but once there's a wire involved, I'm not interested anymore. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, it doesn't, or a green screen or yeah. like a, Jake O'Reilly always makes fun of me because I, I, I'm i like, I'll take a guy in a rubber gorilla suit stepping on Lego houses all day long instead of a cgi lizard or whatever you know i just love it i, I love that kind of feeling 
James yeah. Bond's the same thing. I love those old James Bond movies. The new ones are just an action movie. I don't know what the hell they are. I, I, I can't pay attention to them. Uh, and, and I get exactly what you're saying, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, but because just, that's we kind of want the we want the more theatrical stuff. We want the you know you know that there's a guy in that suit. Yeah. You know that there's a guy who really you know is doing those moves, right? Yeah. We, that that's what we're after, right? That's we don't, right. we know that there's a shortcut with the new ones. We understand that, and we you know, but that's not what we're looking for. I would love for somebody to make that throwback. You know what I mean? That throwback style, Shaw it's Brothers. Like, I, I think I think that's what you know, Kill Bill and that stuff was trying to achieve, but I, it didn't do it. No, no. Uh, conceptually, they did it, but it just wasn't. It didn't have the same look. It that's didn't right. have the same kind of feel to it. There's you know? something of that aura at the time. Like you can take a slice of time and just have everything is so. The music's good. The score is good, and you know they had no fucking money. Right? No. They're that no. Ed Wood style of making no. a movie that's still classic today, you know? Well, because then there was the time when they were all fighting with one another, too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, so the, the, the funds were splintered off then. Well, I don't remember that guy who plays the main uh, heel in super, Chinese Super Ninjas. They got that tat in his chest. He's yes. Like the main, that guy, I, I just read a thing about him, and he was like legit Yakuza. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that dude! Would come so, on, they, they ran the whole deal. Master Wong in Sheik. Okay, mm -hmm. he played the bad guy in Young Master. Remember the yeah. guy with the super long hair that gets breaked out, break out of the chains that yeah. twists up Jackie Chan for like fucking five minutes straight. That's yeah. Master Wong in Sheik, right? Who, who yeah. a hop keto fucking guy? Um, like you, legit, legit badasses back then. Yeah. Like unbelievable oh, yeah. dudes that would go around to the, you know, to the different islands when they were filming stuff and they would enter themselves into the fights to beat yeah. the local guy that, you know, was supposed to be a work. And then they would just go in there and just smash this dude. And <laughs> then the whole film crew and everybody would get kicked off of the island and yeah. then have to go someplace else to finish crazy. the movie. This crazy I stuff. I love, I love it. Listen, Mark, we could do this forever. Um, You've convinced me. I'm coming back to wrestling. That a boy. That's all there is to it. Um, <laughs> I'll make my return in uh, two, 2020 something. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but it's always been a pleasure. Um, thank you so much. Uh, for those of you that want to check out Mark Bartolucci and Rock Solid Wrestling El Tornado, you can. You can look up Rock Solid Wrestling. We'll have the uh, link and all of that inside of this uh, when this episode comes out. And we're going to do this again. You know, we are because I, I mean, it, an, an hour just flew by. I got to say too, I'm in still in denial about this whole retirement thing with you. I'm in denial. It's not true. <laughs> I don't care no. what you say. It's a regeneration time. Is that what you're saying? That's right. That's well, right. listen, listen, if I, if, I, if I, yeah, yeah. If I do come back, if I ever did decide to come back, it would definitely be uh, in the ring with somebody like yourself. There's no doubt about it. Because what people don't remember, maybe or maybe not, is that you were the last person I was in the ring with right. as well. Right. It was so bad he retired. That's how good. <laughs> it was taking all those fucking shoe pile drivers from Jake O'Reilly. Is what it was. <laughs> Such a stiff. Anyways. Mark, thank you so much. You, uh, you. Everybody, I love you too. Uh, stick around. This is Live Audio Wrestling, the law of Live Audio Wrestling, and uh, we'll be right back to wrap this whole thing up. Hey. 
Hey there, friends, listeners, and newcomers. This is Eric B., and I am the host of the Impactful Podcast. On the Impactful Podcast, we're going to break down everything Impact Wrestling each week. That includes everything that goes on in the background, everything that happens on TV, and everything that you're hearing on the news and social media. So please join me each week and live life impactfully. I mean, there you have it. There's a nice conversation, nice way to wrap up the week right here on the Law Live Audio Wrestling. Once again, it's been fun. It's been invigorating. It's been exciting. I hope everybody looks forward to this week and getting excited for uh, UFC 296 coming up. I hope everybody's getting excited for Christmas coming up. If you need to know what Brady and I have on our Amazon wish list, uh, please feel free to ask us. Well, speaking of the holidays, the WWE, and we teased this at the beginning of the show, the WWE for the first time ever Mm. is giving everybody the holidays off. This is unbelievable, and it couldn't have come at a better time. Do you have the dates in front of you of what the dates are? I think they're giving them like a full week off with no shows, no live events. Now, mind you, the staff is going to have to well, be yeah, I'm assuming people are still working. but Because, I mean, if you think about it realistically, Christmas Day falls on a Monday. So mm-hmm. they're giving them raw off. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then for Canadians and Brits and other people other than the United States of America, uh, the Tuesday is Boxing Day. Okay. So that doesn't mean anything anyway. So basically they're getting the Monday and the Tuesday off was what they would get from doing tapings, I'm sure. Obviously the Wednesday for NXT, well, why can't they just have the day off as well? Why do they got to start the week off with that? So eventually I'm sure that it just turned into, screw it, everybody gets the entire week off. I don't want to hear nothing about nothing. Everybody mind your P's and Q's. And then when you all come back, you know, we're going to get right back to it. They just took the NXT staff on a a new walkthrough, a tour of I the seen. new headquarters. I see. Looks fantastic. That Andre the Giant in the front foyer is beautiful. Such a beautiful looking building, and they've earned every bit of it, right? So, you know. Oh. Well, look at the wall, Chris. The red light is blinking. Oh, that old. Chest. Why do they always kick? We go so long here, but that's okay. We've got we've we've got another week coming up, and. Not only are we going to check you back in and talk about the UFC 296, yeah. we are going to talk about everything in wrestling and combat sports, because that's what we do here on The Law, live audio wrestling. Now, Chris, you got anything you want to plug before we roll this ride out? As usual, you can check out all of my stuff over on YouTube at Tid Talk. That's at T-I-D-T-A-L-K. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on X. You can follow me on threads at Notorious TID. You can send us an email here at the law, which is thelaw.liveaudiowrestling at gmail.com. You can follow the law at the law wrestling on X as well. And there is going to be some stuff going up on the law YouTube channel uh, in the very near future where we're going to basically putting up some of the interviews that we've done in the past, just the interviews. 
Nike news and information and opinion segments. And get your entries in for that law hoodie and sweater. We'll put up uh, another gimmick on S-Mini Radio. If you don't have Facebook, you can just send us an email with your entry. Um, one law t-shirt, one law sweater going out to you. Choice is yours. Give us a good name. Come on. Give us a name for the listeners. All right. Well, that's it for me, Chris. You got anything you want to say before we leave? Cock your chin! Thank you for listening to The Law, live audio wrestling with Chris Tidwell and Brady Wedham. You can email any questions or comments to be read on air to thelaw.liveaudiowrestling at gmail.com. 